This is Barry Zelma, Zelma on Insurance, speaking on the Law of Unintended Consequences, video number three. Insurance contract law has been modified by the tort of bad faith. And today we talk about the unintended consequences of that tort. In a typical contract, one party has a duty to perform, construct a building, deliver goods, convey real estate, pay indemnity under an insurance policy, and the other party has a duty to pay money. Breach by the performer may take the form of non-performance, defective performance, or delay in performance. The primary purpose of damages for breach of contract is to protect the promisee's expectation interest in the promisor's performance. Damages should put the plaintiff in as good a position as if the defendant had fully performed as required by the contract. Damages should never provide a profit to the non-breaching party. Insurance, like all parts of modern society, is subject to the deprivations of the law of unintended consequences. In the USA alone, people pay to insurers more than $1. trillion in premiums, and insurers pay out in claims as much or more than they take in. Profit margins are small because competition is fierce, and a year's profit can be lost to a single firestorm, earthquake, hurricane, flood, or unexpected bad-faith lawsuit. Neither the courts nor the governmental agencies seem to be aware that in a modern capitalistic society, a healthy and viable insurance industry is a necessity. No person would take the risk of starting a business, buying a home, or driving a car without insurance. Consider the decision of the Fifth Circuit in the United States versus Scruggs, a 2012 case where an attempt to corrupt Judge Henry Lackey, a Mississippi state judge, in connection with a Hurricane Katrina-related lawsuit, Jones versus Scruggs, the actors in a scheme included three members of the Scruggs law firm, Zach Scruggs, his father Richard Scruggs, and Sidney Backstrom. Also involved were Timothy Balducci, an attorney who worked regularly with the firm, and Stephen Patterson, Balducci's associate, who worked with the firm on various projects and joint ventures, but was not an attorney. The conviction was affirmed. Trial lawyer Dickie Scruggs made millions from lawsuits targeting the asbestos and tobacco industries. He was part of a network of powerful businessmen and politicians spanning from Oxford, Mississippi to Washington, D.C., who traded favors, influence, and money. After much litigation, Scruggs agreed to plead guilty on one count of conspiracy to bribe Judge Lackey. And when the judge asked Scruggs if he agreed with the prosecutor's account, Scruggs seemed eager to offer a dissent. I joined the conspiracy later in the game, Scruggs said. It was in that there was no intent to bribe the judge. It was an intent to earwig the judge. 
Earwigging is a legal term that is unique to Mississippi. No other state incorporates the term into any code, rule, or statute. Earwigging is intended to prevent an attorney from discussing facts of a case outside of a formal legal proceeding. Basically, it is a prohibition against ex-party communications. The general penalty for earwigging is contempt of court. The penalty for contempt doesn't exceed imprisonment for longer than 30 days or a $100 fine for each offense. Also consider the case where two former claims employees at the Hartford admitted taking hundreds of thousands of dollars in payoffs from a Texas lawyer who was charged with trying to buy favorable insurance settlements for clients suing over industry-related health problems. A claims supervisor working for the Hartford subsidiaries was responsible for settling claims and recommending appropriate settlement amounts against the Hartford. The indictment against lawyer Warren Todd Hefner paid, alleged that from 2002 to 2004, Hefner paid the two claims employees for favorable recommendations on more than 30 $4 million in settlements involving silica-related disabilities, airborne silica dust in mines, foundries, and other workplaces. In United States v. Heffler, the Fifth Circuit found that Warren Todd Heffler, an attorney, represented over 900 individuals who brought silicosis and other silica-related claims against manufacturers and silica sellers of silica-containing products and related protective equipment. Among the insurers of these companies was the Hartford. Hefner, according to the opinion, funded trips for the claims people to Laguna Beach, California, New York City, and Palm Beach, Florida. Also, unbeknownst to the Hartford, Hefner paid the claims people approximately $2.6 million dollars and prestige approximately $760,000 out of the funds that he received from the settlements with the Hartford. The case reveals a situation that should concern any insurer since it revealed that the failure of internal security to note two claims people who obtained millions of dollars by paying claims that were not owed. The fraud and bribes cost Hartford to pay more than $34 million in settlement, knowing that more than $3 million of those funds would be used to pay bribes and kickbacks to the claims people. Logically, insurers who are wronged by their insurers should limit their recovery to contract damages. They should be compelled to waive the tort and sue in a subset, the common law name for breach of contract. If the tort of bad faith must exist, it must be applied equally. The abuse of the tort of bad faith has become so extreme that the tort must, in my opinion, be eliminated or otherwise somehow made fair. If there is a tort of bad faith, as the courts of most states now hold, the 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution requires equal protection. An insurer who is wronged by its insured should have the same right to tort damages and punitive damages for breach of the covenant as can the insured. No litigant should ever be more equal than another. 
This video was adapted from my book, The Law of Unintended Consequences and the Tort of Bad Faith, and is available from Amazon.com as both a Kindle book or a paperback. Thank you for your attention.